Well, my friends, would you please take your Bibles now and turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 21. John, chapter 21. The Bible story that we are just about to learn from once again is one in which Jesus challenges you and me in a variety of ways. I shared with you part one last week in this message, and now we will go to part two in a moment. The scene takes place sometime after Jesus' resurrection, and the first part of John 21 tells us of how a group of disciples were fishing all night on the Sea of Galilee, but they, call, they, they caught nothing. Jesus called out to them from the shore, and we can read about it throughout the chapter there. But eventually, we come to verse 15, verse 15, where in the New Living Translation of the Bible, the section is entitled, Jesus Challenges Peter. And so starting at verse 15, here's what we read. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't, where you don't want to go. Verse 19, Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this powerful portion of your Holy Bible. Lord, I just pray that you will use, you will use these Bible verses and you will use your servant, O God, to reach out into the hearts of your people and to you, for you to communicate by your spirit what you want us to know, what you want us to feel, what you want us to act upon, what you want us to be transformed by and how. And so, Lord, we are open to the work of your Holy Spirit in these moments together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. My friends, in part one of this message, we discovered the marvelous truth that Jesus challenges you and me to get our priorities straight, to give Jesus first place in your life and mine. And as we begin this message, I ask you to reflect upon that very important challenge. Are you giving and have you given Jesus first place in your life? Also in part one, we focused on the dialogue between Jesus and Peter, and we discovered that Jesus challenges us to examine the depth, the depth of our love for the Lord. 
we see that interchange between verses 15 and 17. I want to take you now to a new truth today, and it's truth number one in this message, and it is this. Jesus challenges you and me to bounce back after our failures, flops, and fumbles. This is what Jesus did with Peter throughout the verses that we just read. Jesus, in a sense, was challenging Peter, inspiring him, motivating him to bounce back from the failure, big failure that he had gone through. Peter had said to Jesus, even if everyone else deserts me, I will never desert you. It's Matthew 26, 33. Peter had said to Jesus, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. Matthew 26, 35. Jesus had said to Peter, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you, ev that you even know me. Matthew 26, verse 34. And shortly after Jesus was arrested, listen, listen to what the Bible says in Matthew 26. You don't have to turn to it. Matthew 26, verse 69. And I'm sorry, I, I just need to just get a brief drink of water here. Twenty-six, verse 69. Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came over and said to him, you were one of those with Jesus the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Later, out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath. I don't even know the man, he said. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, you must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know, I don't know the man. And immediately, the rooster crowed. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he went away weeping bitterly. Peter had obviously failed Jesus big time and he had failed himself. Many people would have thought that after Jesus rose from the dead, many people would have thought that Jesus would have said to Peter something like, you useless disciple, you faithless follower, you hopeless human being, you liar, don't ever, don't ever let me see you again. Don't ever come around me. That's what many folks probably thought Jesus would say to Peter. However, however, that's not what Jesus said to Peter. That's not at all what he communicated to him. Instead, as the commentator on verses 15 to 17 in the Life Application Study Bibles says, he says, 
In this beach scene, Peter and Jesus on the Sea of Galilee on the side there at the beach. In this beach scene, Jesus led Peter through an experience that would remove the cloud of his denial. Listen to that again. In this beat scene, Jesus led Peter through an experience that would remove the cloud of his denial. In other words, Jesus challenged Peter to bounce back after his failure, and he gave Peter three chances to declare his love for Jesus. And he said to him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And my friends, Jesus also challenges you and me to bounce back. To bounce back after failures, flops, and fumbles. Have you somehow failed Jesus? Have you somehow failed the Lord? The Lord hasn't given up. The Lord has not given up on you or you or you up in the balcony. The Lord has not given up on you, radio listeners. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Instead, he challenges. He challenges you to bounce back in your faith. He challenges you to bounce back in your commitment. He challenges us to bounce back in our love for the Lord. Amen? He challenges us to do as the prodigal son in the Bible said when he declared, I will arise, I will arise and I will go to my father and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy, thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And the Lord gives opportunity for all of us to do as the prodigal son did, to come around, to bounce back, to reestablish our relationship with the Lord and to move forward, to be forgiven and know that he has received us back. Now it's possible, it's possible that you haven't failed the Lord, but perhaps, perhaps you feel like you, you failed. You failed in a relationship, or maybe you failed in school, failed at work, failed in a business, or failed at sports, or failed at, uh, in music, or maybe you feel because you fa you feel like you failed because of some addiction. The good news is this. I believe Jesus would say to you, whatever the situation has been, whatever the circumstances have been, the Lord would say to you, you can bounce back. Don't give in. Don't give in to your failure, flops and fumbles. Learn from your mistakes. Learn from them. Become a better man or better woman and move forward in your life. Bounce back. Amen? 
Let it be so. I like that little girl who said amen. One of the most beautiful scenes I have ever seen in the Olympic Games happened in Athens, Greece in 2004. As most of you know, I was born in northern Greece and our family came to Canada when I was just a little boy. After being in Canada for 44 years in 2004, I took my wife and two children to Greece, the country where I was born. Before driving about 10 hours north to the village where I was born, we spent a few days in Athens, Athens, Greece. The Summer Olympics were on, and we had bought a few tickets from some uh, relatives, actually, who initially had planned to go but then didn't go and whatever the situation was. We bought a few tickets, and we found ourselves at the girls' gymnastic finals. I really didn't know quite what to expect, but in, in the gymnastic finals, one of the girls was putting on a spectacular show on the bars when she somehow lost her grip and she came crashing down to the floor. My, my own heart just sank, sank um, uh, as I, I saw her fall to the ground and the crowd went silent. And of course the question on everyone's mind was, did she hurt herself? Did she hurt herself? And I'm, uh, I'm sure that was the question on everyone's mind. And can she get up? Can she at least get up? The gymnast, the gymnast seemed to be in a daze for a moment. And then that young lady, that young lady looked up at the crowd. And there must have been thousands of us there. She looked up at the crowd to her left and, and to her right. And then she pushed, she pushed herself up from the floor. She, she bounced back. She bounced back on those bars. And the, and the crowd cheered greatly. And I cheered greatly. And Cindy cheered. And, and then she got up on those bars. And she gave, she gave the performance of her life. And everyone stood applauding, stood applauding, having seen all that had happened. In the end... Her team, her team did not win, did not win the gold or the silver or the bronze medal. But 14 years later, 14, 14 years later, who do I remember? Who do I remember? I remember the girl, the gymnast who bounced back after a serious, serious fall. My friends, what? What do you need to bounce back from? What do you need to bounce back from? Jesus calls you not to give in, not to give up, but to bounce back and move forward, onward, to victory. Amen?
There's another challenge Jesus gives us, and it is this. Why don't you read it with me from the big screen? Jesus challenges us to be a person who has the right priorities and the right relationship with the Lord and showing it in service, responsibility, reliability, and ministry. This truth comes from verses 15 to 17. Please notice, notice what Jesus said to Peter. In verse 15, Jesus said, Feed my lambs. Verse 16, Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. Verse 17, Jesus says, Feed my sheep. Question Who are the lambs and sheep that Jesus is referring to? They are the followers of Jesus, the Christians of their day. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he is saying, he is saying, Peter, take care. Take care of the people. Peter, be their pastor. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Peter, Peter was standing there thinking, Jesus, after the ways in which I have messed up, you're entrusting me to care for people. You're entrusting me to shepherd the, the people. You're, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But Peter, Peter fortunately listened. Feed them, he was, Jesus was saying to Peter, feed my people spiritually. Jesus was saying to Peter, if you say you love me, if you say you love me, then serve. Then serve. What might Jesus' reference to lambs and sheep imply? Why the use of you know, two different words. Well, perhaps it's referring to people of all ages. People of all ages. Perhaps it's referring to people of various spiritual levels, those who are new in the faith, those who are more mature in their faith, and those who wander like sheep. Amen? So here's a question. In what practical ways are you living out what you profess? In what practical ways are you living out what you profess? Jesus essentially was saying to Peter, Peter, if you say you love me, serve. If you love me, serve. Serve. Are you serving? Are you serving? Are you using your talents and gifts for the Lord's purposes? Are you using the skills that God has given to you for the Lord's purposes and to be a blessing to other people? As I speak these words, I want to tell you that we need, we need here at Rosewood Church, we need some more wonderful adults to become assistant teachers in our children's Sunday school classes. We need wonderful adults 
devoted to Jesus adults to become assistant teachers in our children's Sunday school classes. Who will answer the call? There are many of you that are competent, able, gifted. You are able. You can do it. The lead teacher will help you learn the ropes. If you will come to grow next Saturday, come to grow next Saturday, you can be in on some of the seminars that will help you develop further skills in leading children, in leading a class, in being a blessing to people. Who will answer the call? My friends, teaching and being involved in leading and teaching boys and girls in Sunday school, in Wednesday Caravan Club, in preteens, in the youth and our youth ministry. That's a very important calling. There are many of you here, many of you here that can tell of how when you were a child, some Sunday school teacher made a tremendous spiritual impact upon your life. It's now your turn, your turn to make a spiritual impact upon some other child's or young person's life. Is there an amen in the house? Someone impacted you, just as I can tell you, I can tell you of a Walter Burridge who impacted me, uh, an Art White who I, impacted me as my Sunday school teachers as a 15 and 16 year old teenager. You can make a big difference in the life of a child, in the life of a preteen, a teenager. I wanna ask you as I'm speaking for you to take that white friendship and worship card. But listen, listen, listen. If you're gonna be open to being a teacher, you've got a plan to be here every Sunday morning, except when you're away on vacation, okay? You got a plan to be here with that class, to welcome those children, to welcome, welcome those boys and girls, to give them, give them a warm welcome and a hug and tell them how glad you are to see them in Sunday school. You can't, you can't just come when you feel like it. You can't come, oh, well, you know, today's a decent day weather-wise. I'm going to show up and be there for the kids. No, no. You have to be responsible. You have to be reliable. You have to be dependable. Is there an amen in the house? That's good. That's good. So I want you to take that, take that friendship and worship card right now. Some of you, some of you. God must be speaking to some of you. And right on there, Pastor Nick, I want to be an assistant Sunday school teacher. And then we'll go through the steps necessary for, for us to make that happen. Hand that card to me after church. Hand it to me. All right? Now, those of you who do have a ministry... Those of you who do have a ministry in this church or in another church or even outside in a volunteer capacity at a hospital, wherever, wherever it is, okay? Those of you who have a responsibility, the question is, 
Are you, are you being reliable? Are you reliable? There is sometimes, there is a battle between convenience and doing what's right. Stick with me. There's a tendency for some Christians to volunteer for a ministry, and I'm talking about people in general, wherever it is. There's a tendency for people to volunteer, but to only do it when it is convenient. When it is convenient. There was a chorus we used to sing in church. The chorus said, All hail King Jesus. All hail King Jesus. All hail Emmanuel. And sadly, sadly, too many Christians, too many Christians live by a different version called All Hail King Convenience. That's right. That's right. In most churches and in our church, there are too many times, there are too many times when people are not showing up to carry out their responsibility. When the question is asked, well, what, what happened? What happened to you? The answers are varied. Answers like, oh, I, I went to bed late on Saturday night and I didn't feel like getting up on Sunday morning. Let me just say congratulations to those of you who were up late last night and you are here and, and many of you have already carried out your responsibility, your ministry during Sunday school and others are carrying out their responsibility during this service downstairs. Or sometimes, sometimes people will say, you know, some, some friends invited us to, to go to Niagara Falls with them on Sunday morning, and so we, we went with them, and we thought, someone, we thought someone will see that we're not there and would step in to cover for us. That's brilliant. Or, you know, our child had a sports game on Sunday morning, so we, we, we drove him or her to, to their game, and we stayed to watch, you know, and we, we forgot. We forgot about our ministry. We forgot about our responsibility. Well, that's nice. That's helpful. Or, or there, there was a 10-kilometer run, and, and I wanted to take part or, or, or watch the runners. Or the, the weather, the weather wasn't very nice and so I decided not to show up. Now please understand, please understand that I don't want anyone risking their lives in bad weather to carry out their responsibility or ministry. Stick with me, even though you don't like what I'm saying. However, it boggles my mind it boggles my mind how on some slightly bad weather days some of our worshipers who live all the way out near Canada's Wonderland or Brampton or Whitby are at church and on time but those who live five minutes away couldn't make it to carry out their very important responsibility. Now I went to school a lot of years you know, what was it, eight years after high school and I still can't figure some things out. They just don't make sense to me. My friends, when Jesus said, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep, Jesus 
was and is challenging you and me to be a person, to be a person who has the right priorities and the right relationship with the Lord and to show it, to show it in a loving way, in service, responsibility, reliability, and ministry. And some of you, some of you are thinking, Pastor Nick, why, why, why are you giving us a kind of kick in the pants today? Because many of you need it. That's why. Some of you need it to become more responsible and, and, and more reliable. And there are a few of you who on occasion want to say to me, Pastor Nick, you know, you ought to preach, you ought to preach more and more, more strongly. The problem is when I do, when it hits you between the eyes, it's like, well, no, don't preach to me. No. As long as it refers to somebody else. How about that, eh? As we become more responsible and more reliable, by doing so, you become a more effective Christian. Children, youth, and adults are depending on you. Remember now, I asked for some of you to take that friendship and worship card and write me a note saying, yes, you are open to becoming an assistant Sunday school teacher. Jesus challenges us. Will you take up the challenge? Will you take up the challenge? He challenges us to serve. It's between you and the Lord. It's between you and the same Lord who said to Peter, Simon, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Take care of them. Would you bow your head with me? Dear Lord, as I, as I reflect upon your dialogue with Peter, I sense, dear Lord, the, the challenges that you put forth to Peter and to us. And Lord, as I think of the first challenge that we talked of today, the challenge to bounce back, to bounce back from some failure. Dear Lord, I pray that you would help, help our people here at Rosewood Church 
whatever, whatever each one needs to bounce back from. Whether it's to bounce back from failing you, Jesus, to bounce back from a relationship that soured and caused them a lot of pain, to bounce back from failure in, in, at school or at work and business or wherever. Lord, I just pray that you would help each one to bounce back. And I pray, oh God, that you would inspire all of us to accept the challenge to serve just as you instructed Peter. Lord, may you instruct and give guidance to all of us here as to how we should serve, whether it's as pastors or lay people, whether it is in teaching or assistant teacher in a Sunday school class or caravans or help with our preteen ministry on Fridays or our youth program on Fridays or the many other ministries of this local church. Lord, I pray that you would inspire all of us to truly serve, but not, not, not just to serve when it's convenient, for indeed there is too much, too much. I will serve when it's convenient. Lord, may you inspire all of us to serve faithfully, responsibly, reliably, fully. And in doing so, make a big difference in the family of God. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. May you hear individual prayers as we respond to your word in different ways. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.